and another one. Sports Bucks with Steve. Once again, my friend, it's another episode. And as you can see, if those who are online who can see me on video, yes, I got Thor up number 88. C. 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 I am your host with the most, the retirement wealth coach. Steve Crawford, MBA, Certified Financial Fiduciary, making it extremely necessary that we talk about how we steal them boys. (laughs) Yes, we steal them boys. Yes, we steal them boys. And today's show, Cowboys, Bully, Eagle, NFL refs, Problem. With four games to go. How will my boys finish? Tough ones coming up. Buffalo. Josh Allen. Buffalo Bills. Talented quarterback. But he's prone for making crucial mistakes. You got to capitalize on that. Then you look at the Eagles who play Seattle. We'll see what happens, man. Can Seattle bounce back and probably win a game after losing, what, three in a row? And the Eagles, who've lost two in a row, then we get the Dirty Birds out there in Seattle to do us all a favor and give Philadelphia another L. This is Force Bucks. We also want to talk about, is Dak a game manager? Cam! Oh, Cam. What's wrong with you, brother? Sports Bucks. Let's get it started. And in the words of it all. Here we go. Okay, a gimmicky opening for a commercial about Super Roth Universal Life Insurance, but I'm sure it got your attention. Now, what is a Super Roth, you ask? It's a permanent indexed universal life insurance that's totally liquid and easily accessible once it matures, can be used to supplement retirement savings or a death benefit, or both, has no income or contribution limit, has no five-year rule like Roth IRAs, has no 10% penalty for accessing the funds before age 59 and a half. Oh, and the average historical returns are 5 to 7% annually, tax-free. Super Roths also lock in gains, which means you don't lose your money when the market is down. Sounds incredible, right? Sounds super? Super Roths are the way of the future, specifically your future. To see if you qualify for a Super Roth, go online to thesuperroth.com. 
name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. Call 800-268-1055. That's 800-268-1055. 800-268-1055. Sports Bucks with Steve takes a deeper dive into the world of sports and the impact of money fan debates, current sporting news, and offers financial tips. Coach Steve is a certified financial fiduciary and wealth coach who specializes in retirement income tax-free strategies for individuals and business owners throughout the country. And this is another one, Sports Bucks with Steve, your boy, your host with the most, the Wealth Coach Guy. Listen, guys, we want to thank all of our sponsors, Tax Doctor. Appreciate them for what they do. Uh, that number again, I believe, if I saw it correctly, is 1-800-663-5107. We also want to thank Recovery Now, Recover Now, which is their number, is 800-936-5087. Again, Recovery Now, helping folks get back off of the issues that we sometimes all may face in life. Uh, 1-800-936-5087. And there's so many other most, we want to thank Genesis Family Dentistry, man. Genesis Family Dentistry doing some big things if you're in the Charlotte area, really helping with keeping your airways open, uh, making your teeth look brighter and brighter and brighter, and just getting you the help you need to make sure that you can breathe because there's a lot that goes on in your mouth. So we appreciate the work that Dr. Stacey Austin and the team are doing at Genesis Family Dentistry. Listen. Sports Bucks, as we were talking, we were talking about Cowboys bully Eagles. Jack, is he once again under the attack? But now it's Cam Newton? Is it time for Dak to fight back? NFL refs, a problem to say the least. So I want to go right into the show. This may or may not be a long one. We'll figure that out as we go. But there was a video I wanted to play. This is fair use, courtesy of uh, ESPN. And we're talking, I think Ryan Collins was mentioning how the Eagles embarrassed themselves. And so we know how these things tend when you try to upload something, we, we kind of get the idea. But Ryan Collins was talking about the, how the Eagles embarrassed themselves on the biggest stage. So we'll, we'll see how that plays in a second. But you know, I thought that the game was an indicator of where the Eagles are and at this point in time where the Cowboys are. Are the Eagles still a good team? Let's be honest. Yes, they are. Um, the Eagles are still a good team. But what I will say about the Eagles is what I've thought about them the whole time. You know, they are a team that to me 
is very beatable. They 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 are a football team that I believe is a little flawed. They're not normally they're not as good as they were uh, the previous season. But you also have to take into consideration one of the things that you have to look at is that the Eagles last season had a schedule that was extremely favorable. Now I heard Stephen A. Smith say something about how he has to now look at the Eagles in terms of maybe their road or to the Super Bowl needs to be sort of viewed with a better eye. So he questions now maybe the legitimacy of them actually going to the Super Bowl. And I'm going to say this. I believe that the Eagles probably had the best overall roster last season. That's what I believe. I believe that the Eagles had the best roster. Um, NFL. Howie Roseman did a phenomenal job of putting together that roster. However, what we saw was is when teams go to the Super Bowl, they usually take some level of a hit because there's just monies and different things that happen where they just keep the uh, Javon Hargraves to the 49ers. But listen to what Ryan Clark had to say. Yeah. Now, when's the last time we can say that about a Dallas Cowboy team compared to a Philadelphia Eagle team? Yeah. You can do it right now. And the, the biggest thing to me is, because I said it four weeks ago, that people, have clo- they have closed the gap. Mm-hmm. Both those teams, the Niners and the Cowboys, have closed the gap. And remember when I warned you about when you win by decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's it. not the mark of a good football team. A good football team wins by knockout. Okay, and we saw it yesterday. The Cowboys knocked out the Eagles. All right, and here, here's the thing: all these they've had eight one-score games. The Eagles have yes that they've won eight one-score games. All right, and that's winning by decision. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys have won by 20 points. All right, eight times this year. All right, it's crazy. Like those are knockouts. And those are knockouts. And then the other team, the Niners, have won four by 20. Right. And so, to me, they're not in that class. Your point, RC, about they're not—they're not in that. No, and, and it's just—it's just absolutely crazy. But, but you—you you think about this though, Greeny. Two weeks ago, this team was ten and one. Yeah, we, we were talking about how this team, no five. matter what, found ways to win games against good opponents, and to not even be close the last two weeks, to not even be within reach to pitch the San Francisco 49ers of the Dallas Cowboys, in truth, and and this rarely happens in the NFL, this is embarrassing. These are two embarrassing performances on the biggest stage for for a team that we label, let me say that I label as a big game football team. And you heard Ryan Clark's, um, you know, and I actually uh, agree a lot with what Ryan has to say uh, regarding a lot of these teams. And so I thought Ryan, you know, said something that was correct. But I love Rex Ryan's analogy about knockout, right? And that's why I said the Cowboys bullied the Eagles because what we saw in the first game was a very competitive, close, closely contested game. And I'm going to get into the officials in a second. I'm going to review some, reveal some stuff that you're going to find shocking. So People know me. I do a lot of research. I have an MBA, so maybe that's part of why I research things. But, you know, when I coached football, I was I originally started off as uh, in youth football as the stat man. I was a guy that came up with all these different stats and found stuff and and really high, tried to highlight the kids. And eventually 
it led me to be the one of the, the coaches and then the assistant head coach. And I coached the defensive line. I coached secondary. I coached special teams. I was always on the defensive side of the ball, though, so I've always been more of a defensive guy. Um, but and I'm in the Hall of Fame of that youth sports organization called Pembroke Pines Optimus PPO PPO. And but I, here's the thing that I recognize that I've been saying this about the Eagles all year. They've been winning close games and ugly. And I keep hearing them say, well, we haven't played our per, our best game yet. We haven't played our best game. We haven't played our best game. I've been hearing them say this over and over and over again. And I'm saying to myself, if you're in week 13, week 14, week 15, and you're still telling me you haven't played your best game, you guess, let me give you a newsflash. That is your best game. You have played your best game. That is what you are. You're no more than what you are showing on tape, on film. And what the Eagles are is a team that uses the push push to their advantage, uses their still really, really one of the best rosters in the NFL. They've drafted kids from winning programs like the Georgia Bulldogs and brought that environment to the Philadelphia Eagles. But this is the pros. So even though you've won in Georgia, you also play with a whole bunch of other talent. And so now that talent may not be exceeding its expectations. And so what we've seen now is that the Philadelphia Eagles are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. They are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook with that in that game in Philadelphia. But they sure had some interesting officiating happening that I'm going to go over and reveal to you guys, and you're going to be shocked. But I did want to hear from another video. I wanted to hear from Stefan Gilmore. Let me see if I can play this video, and we'll see if it plays because we know how these things are. Again, this is courtesy of ESPN uh, Sports Center, so we appreciate this. But this is fair use uh, once again. Uh, but we want to hear from Stefan Gilmore's take on the Cowboys-Eagles game well let's see if it plays but of course you know you you have these things teed up right to play and you set them up to play and then what happens is you get a commercial still it's the funniest thing so um a commercial that is not paying us so we'll see if this will play at some point it's just amazing how these things are but extremely slow um but stefan gilmore talked about the game against the east Eagles, and he basically was saying we were ready for the Eagles. And he also, one of the things you don't want to do to a, a great player, even if he, or even if, when you look at boxing or a great athlete that's still got that, hey, I still got the ability to be great and be greater than the moment might allow, right? And so, what you see or what you've seen or saw was is you saw a guy in um, Stephon who recognized that, listen, I'm still that guy. I'm still that dog. I'm still a former NFL defensive player of the year. And A.J. Brown barked up the wrong tree. But he alleged well i ain't gonna say alleged stefan Gilmore confirmed it he called him old so you don't call a guy old 
with that sort of pedigree, with that sort of pedigree, you just don't do that. So let's share this video. Let's see if I can get it now. Where Stefan Gilmore is talking to Scott Van Pelt about what took place in this conversation with AJ Brown on the field. So check this out, courtesy of ESPN Sports Center. Joined now by Stefan Gilmore with the Dallas Cowboys, particularly their defense stood on business, as everyone seems to be saying at the moment. Stefan, if you were to describe for our viewers the level of confidence that, that's in your locker room, the way your team is playing, where would you start? Nah, I just feel like we was ready for this game. You know, uh, they're supposed to be one of the best teams in the league. Um, they're not the biggest. Uh, we was ready for this moment, and I think we handled ourselves well today. You forced three different turnovers, and all of them were fumbles. How much of a point of emphasis was that to try to turn over this offense that, as we know, they can get it going, but they, they really weren't able to in large part because you guys turned them over? Yeah, I mean, coach teach us every day to, you know, get the ball, whether it's interceptions, forced fumbles. You know, we practice it and practice every week. And um, I think our defense stepped up great today. They didn't score. Um, we got a lot of great players on our team. I'm just um, excited for what we have in the future. Stefan, when I go back to that game in Philly, it was kind of a coin flip game. You guys come up short on a fourth down. Dak barely steps out of bounds on a two-point conversion. Did you leave Philadelphia that night feeling like you all were the better team? Yeah, for sure. Um, we know what type of team we have. Uh, we know we didn't play our, our best that week. And I think um, during this time of the year, it's, we have to play our best ball, and we did that today. I want to close with this thought because I, we, I've given the numbers earlier in the show. You guys at home, it, it's ridiculous. You're just obliterating people. The next two, you go to Buffalo, you go to Miami. I know you know you all are good. How important, though, is it for you guys to go on the road against good teams and show you can be the, a same, the same kind of team that you've been in your building? For sure. We know we got a um, tough team coming up. Um, Buffalo is a great team. Uh, I have a great quarterback. We're just excited. You know, we got to watch the film from this week, see what, it, what we didn't do well, and um, take it on to next week. So I'm excited for this team to, to get better this week and, and go up to Buffalo and get a win. I think the I think the watching the film of what you didn't do well is not going to last very long. I don't I don't think that's going to be a long session with Coach Quinn. You guys were lights out tonight, Stefan. Thanks for taking the time, and uh, continued success the rest of the way. All right. So you you heard Gilly talk about you know what Dallas did and what they needed to do, and Scott Van Pelt correctly stated that. I don't believe Dallas did a lot wrong in that game, especially defensively. I think there's some things that we could clean up with what Dak. I think Dak did not play his greatest game. I thought he could have been a little bit more accurate, but I do believe that um, we got the job done. And the one play was very, you know, obviously, obviously frustrating for everybody that's a Cowboy fan to get that strap, that that sack fumble. Um, but you know, kudos to uh, you know Fletcher for getting that the strip but you got to protect the ball in that situation because they had no life and they had no chance and so you know so when you look at the 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 that game in its totality and i said this before the eagles are who we thought you were there's no we did i never thought i thought when i watched the eagles play this year that people are kept allowing them to to make the right play or they didn't get a call or there was something that 
And Jalen Hurts, to his credit, does come up sometimes big in these situations. But the blueprint might be out on him if you have the athletes and the scheme to be able to compete with him. Right. So the 49ers did set a blueprint, but you can't let them run up the middle. And then all and then what they typically want to do is he wants to throw these slants or go routes. That's the thing. That's what he does. And so if you keep him contained, especially in the middle of the field, because he'll try to get to the edges. Um, but you keep him fairly contained. He's going to either throw the ball away. Or he's going to take a sack. Uh, and that's what that's kind of what you saw all night with Dallas kind of handling business against uh, this 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 very good Philadelphia Eagles team. It is still a good team. And quite frankly, and being honest, they're 10 and three mark because of the way the schedule is set up where Dallas has to deal with the better teams on the road. I'm going to say this again on the road where the Eagles were gifted, just like last season where they played all these games, these games that they had that many of them wasn't, tough games they didn't have a lot of tough opponents had an easier schedule they played a lot of these games at home and everybody knows at home there's there's home cooking there's all kind of stuff that's happening but if you make the comparison in the way they set out the end of nfl schedule the eagles pay attention to this got the cowboys of course because they play them home and away they got buffalo miami san francisco all in Philly. All in Philly. Dallas, who didn't win the division last year, has to play, had to play San Francisco, Buffalo, Miami, all on the road. So three of the better teams the Cowboys have to travel to, Philly got to play them at home. With the only exception is Dallas got Seattle at home and Philly has to travel to Seattle to play and Philly played the Chiefs because of their first place schedule in Kansas City but their games have been in the confines of Philly with the exception of having to travel to Kansas City and we all know what happened this game the Kansas City Chiefs couldn't catch a cold in the middle of a negative 15 degree weather with their shirt off and somebody didn't pour water hot cold water wet on them water on them they still couldn't catch a cold let alone catch a pass this is what we're dealing with. So I'll say this, and I and I and I didn't know if I was gonna take this much time, but I didn't want to play one of my advertisers. I need to pay Your some bills. So sleep for proper development and check sleeping this disorders like stuff from Genesis Family Dentistry may be robbing them of the rest they deserve. At Genesis Family Dentistry, Dr. Stacy Alston not only provides the finest dental care, but free screenings to identify airway issues too. And your children can get screened for more issues, such as teeth grinding, thumb sucking, tongue ties, and more. Contact Genesis Family Dentistry, 980-292-8299. Online. If you're looking to protect your legacy and leave your family in solid financial health by establishing a living will or trust, but you're not sure where to start. At Big Wealth Partners, you can get comprehensive, budget-friendly wills and trust planning. Thanks to the powerful Estate Guru software, you get access to the attorneys you need anywhere in the nation. Wills and trust planning starts as low as $699, but with the promo code hashtag SportsBucks, you'll get $100 off regular fees. Get started at BigWealthPartners.com. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. 
If you use insulin or have had hypoglycemic events, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-628-7226. 800-628-7226. That's 800-628-7226. And, like I said, we want to go into a little bit about this conversation that Cameron Jarrell Newton was talking about Dak Prescott. I'm not going to play the video, but I want to talk a little bit about what he said and how I disagree with it. Oh, wholeheartedly disagree. Well, check this out. So, here's a little bit of information about what Cam Newton says. So, Cam Newton had a viral rant discussing what he calls game managers versus game changers. I thought it was pretty, you know, I didn't, it's, and he listed Jared Goff, uh, uh, Purdy. Uh, he mentioned um, a couple of other guys that he said were game managers. He mentioned, um, Brock Purdy, I'm sorry, and Tua Tagliola, Jared Goff, and he said, and really, Dak Prescott. These are game managers. They're not difference makers. So some folks have come out and said, hey, man, you know, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who's currently with the Detroit Lions, said, if Cam's talking about J.G., then what are you? Last time I checked, you couldn't manage a game, so stop coming for my quarterback. Bring me on so we can talk on Funky Wednesdays. So Newton, Cam Newton, who's a former MVP of the league in 2015, hasn't played in the NFL since 2021. And so a lot of people have a, you know, we have a way of, de, you know, sort of wanting to de-legitimize uh, Cam Newton and his experience as a NFL quarterback, as well as a guy that still has some things and records that, I think he's rushed for over 5,000 yards in his in the NFL as a quarterback. And I think that one guy, I believe, put a little bit more respect on this, is, and I think that was Ryan. Ryan Clark, once again, was uh, saying that, you know, y'all looking at what Cam Newton ended up being as a quarterback, Cam was a game changer. Like, he was the guy at one point where he was – it was Superman, really. And so Ryan wanted to quickly sort of add to that, like y'all looking at what Cam ended up becoming. And some people talked about Cam had a losing record and Dak Prescott, it has a better career than Cam Newton. We've seen it all. And listen, I'm a Dak Prescott fan. I'm also a fan of Cam Newton. And I'll say that, you know, it depends on what you want from the quarterback position, right? What do you want from the quarterback position? And in comparison to, you know, what are you looking for? And I think that Dak is the quarterback to attack. He's routinely subject to ridicule, subject to, you know, just unfair press coverage and everything else. That's just what they do. But Ryan said in terms of um, to, to Cam Newton, it's easy to dump on him about who he is now, but you better keep in mind that at one point he was more dynamic than all of these guys. And he's right. He says that he doesn't agree with his opinion, but attacking who he was as a player without perspective is absolutely irresponsible. And and I would have to agree um, about uh, that statement by Ryan Clark because it's it's just kind of ridiculous to think that 
Cam Newton is some kind of game chain manager. You have to understand the level of talent and play that Cam Newton presented. Cam Newton's the Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, he is the former number one overall pick in the league, just like Jerry Goff was. Cam Newton took a team to the Super Bowl, and uh, his career achievements, there's a lot of big-time numbers in his favor that says what he is. So I think sometimes we get a little bit caught up on on where someone may be today as opposed to who they were before. Uh, but Cam Newton was that dude. So anybody that that is talking about Cam, you need to put some perspective on Cameron Jarrell Newton's name. But also I believe that Cam unfairly went after a guy like Dak Prescott in particular, because I don't believe that Dak Prescott is a game manager at all. I believe that Dak has shown he can make plays when needed. And so I think that that's something that we have to, we have to realize and recognize when we say what Dak Prescott is. And so I did want to show you a video real quickly from, I believe this is on from courtesy of speak. I got it off of X, but it's uh, one of their hosts talking about, I think it's James. I think it's like, Wow. I mean, he makes a great point, man. That That's kind of a, a different perspective than what I actually was thinking about that. It is true. Cam was that dude. And so for those who want to disrespect him, I'm all about protecting. That's my quarterback, Dak Prescott. That's my quarterback. But Cam was different, bro. He was different. This was, he was him. Like Cam was him. If the award came out during Cam Newton's time when he was tearing up the league, it would have been named after him. Cam is the epitome of him. And maybe that's what he's saying because of the fact that Dak and Brock Purdy and Tua Tagovailoa and Jared Goff are not what he was in his heyday. And I would have to agree. Um, I would have to agree. And whether I like it or not, I would have to agree that Dak Prescott, if you look at the numbers, now the numbers sometimes can lie. So I want to show you, show you something as I share my screen. Let me see if I can pull this up. So I did want to show you, well, never mind. I'm not even going to do it now because we're, we're getting closer toward the end of the show. But here's what I do want to talk about. I want to talk a little bit about, just put some respect on Cam Newton's name when you talk about it, when you want to defend Dak Prescott. But let me just show you some little bit of a breakdown when you make the career comparison between Cam versus Dak, we always want to go to the wins and losses, right? This is something that I see people do even when they say, well, this player in, in other sports, basketball, this player won more head-to-head -head against this guy or this guy, that what makes him better. You don't look at the team, right? Because some people say Cam had a losing record. Look, when you got to make miracles every Christmas and every Thanksgiving, like grandmas and them and folks that are on a budget, Cam Newton had to make miracles with a roster, at least offensively, of receivers that you would have a hard time seeing how they would start in today's and on most of these teams, NFL roster teams today. If you think Ted Ginn, no disrespect, and, and what was it, my other guy from Michigan State and uh, Kelvin Benjamin would start over the folks that's on the Detroit Lions or, or the over Jalen Waddle and Tariq Hill. And you think they would start over CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks? You think they would start over those guys? 
Absolutely not. But when, so when you look at the numbers, they're always the same. People say women lie, men lie, numbers don't. That's actually not always true because the numbers can be skewed and you could stat pad or it could look a certain way because maybe that person did not have the same support that the other quarterbacks or the, was put in the best position to succeed than maybe some of the other quarterbacks. So when you look at the numbers, Cam Newton, 75 wins, 68 losses, one draw. Dak Prescott, 71 wins, 39 losses. Completion percentage, Cam Newton, 59.9. Dak, 66.9. Passing yards per game, Cam, 218.8. Dak, 258.6. Touchdowns are the same, 194-194, but the interceptions, Cam has thrown 123 interceptions, Dak only 71. But the passer rating, Dak is also ahead, 99 for Dak, 85.2 for Cam. So when we look at those numbers, Yes, Dak looks to be the better quarterback, has a greater percentage of, of passer percentage and everything else. But Cam Newton never had an Amari Cooper. Cam Newton never had a CeeDee Lamb. He, he, he never had that number one receiver. And so you have to put some con- context to the arguments that one being better than the other. Now, Cam, freak of nature, a much superior athlete than Dak, absolutely much superior um, but I, I'm just making a comparison between Cam and Dak. When if I go to Purdy or I go to J- uh, Jared Goff and Cam, it, it's a it's a it's, it's Cam Newton all day because Cam Newton is not playing with Brandon Ayuk and Debo and George Kittle and Uzcheck. He's not playing with that. He's never played with that type of talent. So it would it would have been scary to see Cam Newton behind center in his prime playing with the San Francisco 49ers offense or playing with Miami, that would be, that would have been scary. Um, you know, so Dallas, it would be interesting. I don't know if it would have looked as good as he would with an offense like the 49ers or playing with the Ravens in his heyday. Oh my God, it would be crazy. So last thing I wanted to talk about real quickly, guys, is I wanted to go into this whole referee issue because we're going along even longer than I even thought I was going to go along today. But sometimes you start having fun and hey man you got to do what it is but real quickly just bear with me i got a one more commercial i need to get out Cover now and just bear with me as we aimed at the education and awareness of the devastating effects of opioid and heroin abuse and curbing drug and alcohol addiction in the united states recover now is sponsored by treatment facilities nationwide many of them have been where you are and they want to help by spreading a message of hope and recovery they're working hand in hand with major insurance companies nationwide that can help you or loved one get clean in seven to thirty days recover now is embarking on a national outreach campaign on TV and radio to promote anti-addiction messages. So if you, a loved one, or someone you know has a problem with drugs or alcohol, do not wait. A new life for you could be 30 days away. Call us right now. I promise this call can change your life. Sponsored by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. 800-936-5087. 800-936-5087. That's 800-936-5087. Yes. So as we get ready to wrap this show up, I did want to go into the NFL's issues with referees right now. And I want to point out something. I told you guys I was saving you something that is striking when you find this out. So we talked about 
Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid were very critical of the all-sides call that negated um, the touchdown, uh, the lateral from uh, Travis Kelsey to Adarius Toney. I don't know if you guys have seen some of the memes, though, with Travis Kelsey. Um, I'm sorry, with Adarius Toney. There's a meme that shows him, like, over the red light, and then the next person is is the line of scrimmage essentially is way behind him. And so I, I saw that, and it just had me it – it, it, it made me laugh. But the problem the NFL has is a greater issue. And the problem that I'm seeing with the NFL is they have a problem with officiating. And the officiating is getting worse and worse and worse. And so Troy Vincent and Roger Goodell, I think they came out and kind of talked about it a little bit about the officiating complaints. And apparently they're aware of it. Uh, They have – uh, but it won't apologize for correct calls. So the call against Adarius Tony for lining on offside was actually the correct call. But kudos to Dan Olowski, who I don't really give a lot of credit to for much of anything. But he pointed out that Adarius Tony was offsides at least five times in that game, and it was never called. And so the NFL decided that they would then call this at the most inopportune time if you were a Kansas City Chiefs team and player. So this is this is where what we're seeing is when you complain about officiating, and this is the thing that drives me crazy. If you're if you're seeing something, right? Here's what I noticed. I'm going to say this this way. If you tell someone, hey, man, it's sunny outside. Man, it's sunny. It's really bright outside, right? But just because they want to disagree with you or they don't like what you got to say, they'll say it ain't that sunny. And matter of fact, I, it looks like it's going to rain to me, even though it's clear as day that the sun is shining. Now, why am I saying this? Because what I have noticed is that there are people who simply will disagree with you even when you bring out facts. Even when you bring out facts, they will still argue with you as if the facts that you brought out are, are, are non-existent. So let me prove something to you guys. The NFL's officiating crew have been horrible all year long. It's been a pattern that I've been noticing year after year. Roger Goodell and them know they have an issue. They need to do a little bit more about getting these guys, I guess. How would just make them full-time? And it shows here with the stats. Let me just show you something. Troy Vincent says, we're always looking to improve officiating. It's a constant work in progress. We're not perfect. The concern is to make sure we're getting better. So total penalties per team each game, which includes decline penalties, is 7.2 this season, which is up from 6.6 last year and the highest since 2019, which was 8.1. Obviously, several star players have criticized it, including Patrick Mahomes. Even game analyst Troy Aikman criticized Monday night's Packers crew game for taking too long to decipher a play. And so Goodell says we understand criticism. That's not new. You get that. It's frustrating. We know how hard the players are playing. We know how much the fans put into it. While the league knows it can't get every call right, 
Goodell says officials are going to show to work their A's off to get close. So there were several things that are being discussed. The tush push is something that is being discussed potentially. And other areas of concern are being pushed. The the Vinci call, the one year kickoff, touchback experience, a dead one. There's this end zone when a when a player fumbles the ball through the end zone. That is also being discussed. But here's what I'm gonna say, folks. You know they're not doing a good job of discussing. Can we figure out what is a holding call on the Philadelphia Eagles? Can we figure that out? Let me give you a startling number that is hard. So on this Philadelphia Eagles team, as I said earlier, you are what we what we thought you were, and you are. And people keep saying the Eagles haven't played a perfect game. We still win. Well, hmm, maybe in these close games, maybe the officiating has been suspect. It could be in a lineup. Maybe with the officiating, when these games are close and you decide to not blow the whistle on an obvious holding call and allows your drives to continue while you call holding calls on the opposition, maybe that has something to do with why games are the way they are and as competitive as they are and why you're able to manage to win some of these games in these close ball games. I'm getting ready to stop the music because I want y'all to make sure y'all hear me loud and clear. Watch this number and it's going to blow you away. So first of all, when people know I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, they're going to say, well, you're a Dallas Cowboy fan. You're being biased. You're talking about the Cowboys, blah, 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 right? And the Dallas Cowboys, y'all get calls. So when you prove, like, I'm in these different groups. So this one guy who is a Raiders fan, I won't even say his name, but he constantly talks about Dallas as if we're getting the benefits. And there's another guy, he likes to post the most ridiculous facts, or not even, not facts, I'm sorry, statements that Dallas paid the refs. I'm like, have you been watching football all these years? Do you not see? What is going on? So let me give you guys a couple of facts. And don't forget, I'm going to give you that Philadelphia Eagles news. The Cowboys, it's coming in. It's coming. The Cowboys have 824 yards in penalties through this point in the 2023 season. That is second most penalty yards in the league behind only the Seahawks. So anyone saying the Cowboys get help from the refs just simply isn't paying attention and you're just hating. So meanwhile, the Philadelphia Eagles, the once 10-1 and Eagles, the now 10-3 and Eagles, have only been called, you, want, you ready for this? Four, five total, four accepted holding calls all season long how is that possible nfl officiating how is a team get called for only four all season two in the first game against the patriots 
One was declined. Two against the Vikings, which was their first home game. So now you have four total called. And the last holding call the Eagles got, you ready for this? On the road against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I can show you film. I can show you the even the last game where Micah Parson, who cannot get a holding call for some reason at NFL officiating, how is it that he never gets being, he's being held all the time, and there's no call. I watched the, the game on Sunday night where Goddard literally grabs him, pulls him, Micah tugs away from him, then looks at the official, no call. The Philadelphia Eagles had 10 penalties called on their opponent, the Miami Dolphins, and had zero called. There's multiple holdings that happened in that game that was grievous, just blatant. No penalty. Against Buffalo, holding. Against the Chiefs, on the first first down they scored, their receiver, uh, what's his name, held. And they, which allowed them to get to the outside to score a touchdown. Was a, so you're not calling these holding calls in these very close one-score games. That hurts. Meanwhile, in our very last game against the Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys got called for three in the same game, and the Eagles still hadn't been called for holding call. So people will say, oh, you're crying. No, these, these are facts. You can go look it up. So is it crying when you get away with something? Was it crying when the Steelers were crying because, oh, they called this 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 false start on us and we didn't? But that was your only penalty in the whole game when you played against the Patriots. Was it a bad call? Yes. But they had been calling stuff on the Patriots the whole night and nothing on you. You don't go a whole game. No team is that disciplined. None. So you not get a penalty. Well, you're calling everything on this other team. And I say this, and I've said this before on the show. Mike McCarthy, when he was the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, they were the least penalized team in the league. When he goes to Dallas, we're first or second most penalized. It's the same coach. So now he can't coach discipline? So it's not crying to point out facts. It's pointing out facts. So the referees in the NFL, we've seen Kansas City get away with all kind of calls. Now all of a sudden, they start going against the Chiefs in what was the correct call, but it was a bad call because you hadn't called it all game long, which lets, which I'm trying to figure out. You're an NFL wide receiver. You've played Little League football, high school football, college football at the highest level. You don't know how to line up on, off, on, on side? You don't know how to do that? It, it just boggles the mind. So NFL refs are a problem. Cowboys bully the Eagles. Dak is more than a game changer, a manager. He's a game changer, but there's levels to that game changer. And Cam, Cam was that other level in his prime. Uh, Joe Burrow was another level. Patrick Mahomes is another level. And stop telling me Justin Herbert is this great quarterback when he's won nothing. Josh Allen is a other level guy. 
talent-wise. He is. So we'll see what happens when the Cowboys go to Buffalo at 4 o'clock, 425 Eastern. We'll see what happens. 325 Central should be a good game. Hopefully Dallas gets it done. It's a tough game. Josh Allen, last time he played against the Cowboys, had a great game. So we're going to have to be on, on alert for that. and Hopefully we'll be ready to play our, our best football as we finish off this season. And hopefully we go on a stretch that will lead to, at a minimum, an NFC Championship appearance. But hopefully we can go and win the Super Bowl. I don't believe in participation trophies. Now we'll leave that for this era. Sports so this is Sports Bucks. Takes a deeper dive. Sports Bucks, we appreciate you guys for listening in on the show. And as all, always, you know, thank you for showing up and, and helping me show up. These are just some facts you know, for people to realize that it's unexplainable how the NFL can have such bad officiating, but in particularly benefiting more teams than others. That is a very interesting thing. In any event, this is Sports Bucks. We'll see you next week. Thank you.